Praise God. We'll turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 is where we'll, where we'll begin. I also wanted, I had it in my heart to say, I don't say it enough, I per, I'm purposing to, but I just want to say thank you to every single active member of our HELPS ministry. I just tell you, you're so faithful and wonderful, and you make it so easy for me uh, and my wife to just kind of it almost, you know, you'll help me sort of take things for granted that the machinery of the ministry continues in a wonderful way, but I don't ever want to take that for granted, uh, your faithfulness. So I just wanted to say thank you tonight uh, to everyone who volunteers. You, you minister to children. You serve uh, in so many ways, ushering, uh, the volunteers for our daycare, uh, just, just everything that people do from the sound booth to the cleaning. It just means so much to me and to the Lord. And uh, praise God. Uh, we're continuing to endeavor to build our team so that we can show God. I'm believing, I'm standing that God's doubling our Sunday morning, that's how I've defined it, my, our Sunday morning attendance. Uh, but we've got to show Him we can handle it. He's not going to help us be chaotic. And uh, we are uh, actively believing God for additional children's ministers and workers. And uh, so if you're interested, one of the things, uh, you know, maybe a married couple could do or a, a couple of ladies or, you know, team up or whatever, is to just sign up to cover fifth Sundays. You know, that really is kind of a, you know, uh, you know we have five times a year there's a fifth Sunday. And I think five times a year there are uh, five Wednesdays. And that just kind of creates a challenge uh, for us many times. So maybe you say, you know what, we'll cover that fifth Sunday for the next year or whatever it might be. Uh, but just step forward, let us know. Uh, there's training provided and support. And, uh, you know, really, it's really true. Teamwork makes the dream work. And many hands make for light work. And uh, so st- step forward and, and join the join the club. Amen. Amen. And uh, heap yourself up some eternal reward by serving as Faith said, in the house. You know, we put the house first, you know, with our tithe, but that's not the only area where we're supposed to put the house first. Amen. And uh, praise God. So I paid my mortgage and I took the trash out at my house. You know, there's there's more than than one thing to do uh, when you're maintaining the home. So praise God. Uh, Hallelujah. So let me catch up with you in Colossians uh, chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 here. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for our time together. We thank you for the hope we have. It is an anchor to our soul. I just so thank you that uh, we don't have to be moved by the winds of circumstances. But we can face every situation, every season, every circumstance undaunted knowing that you always lead us in triumph in Christ Jesus. You lead us from faith to faith, from victory to victory. And yes, does that mean we go from battle to battle? Oh, sure. Yeah, we go from battle to battle. But that just means we get to victory to victory in our life in every area. And I just so thank you, Father, for uh, using me tonight as an instrument. I pray that I have made myself a vessel of honor that you could pour the holy oil into and flow through. I make a demand on that pastoral office, Father, that would enable me to shepherd uh, the the apple of your eye, uh, your sheep, Father God, of which I am one. And I just so thank you for that grace to come uh, out of me 
that will nourish their life, equip their life, feed their life, and that they're anointed on their side to pull on that gift, to respond and to receive of that gift so that when they leave here tonight, they will have gotten everything they need. Lord, we thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So again, just endeavoring moment by moment, service by service to be led. Uh, by the Spirit and what to minister to to you. There's so much going on, right, uh, in our life today and in our world today. And just in always, but even now, especially endeavoring to be very sensitive to the Spirit. And what I had in my heart to talk to you tonight was really about living free from fear. But I'm going to uh, start off by talking for a moment about being established in the faith. And those two are indelibly connected together. Amen. You're not going to be able to be established in faith that brings victory over the world if we're constantly yielding to fear. (laughs) Amen. And so here in Colossians chapter 2, in verse 6 and 7, it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. So Paul will periodically remind us about how we began. He he talked to the Galatians, how did you begin? Don't stray from how you began. Well, how did we begin? We got saved by grace through faith. We didn't get saved because we're all that. We didn't get saved because we earned it. We didn't get saved because we uh, accomplished enough good works. That we were good enough of a person for God to move us across that line from the unsaved to the saved. It just doesn't work like that. Amen? We must be born again. How do we get born again? By believing. By believing in the atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Amen. And so he says, uh, be reminded, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. Now he goes on and gives further description. Rooted. So he wants us to walk out our Christian faith in a rooted way. You know, if you're not rooted, you're easily moved. God doesn't want you easily moved. He wants you to be firmly fixed, firmly established, rooted and built up in Him. And notice this, established or established in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. And so this is the will of God for all of us. That as we began our walk with God in Christ by faith, that we become established in the faith. The word walk means to live. It's our manner of life. So we live by faith. We become established in our faith. We become rooted in what we believe. Amen? You know, there are some things uh, in the beginning, many things that I had questions about, that I don't have questions about that anymore. I am rooted in that truth. Amen? I had a lot of questions about healing. Uh, like my experience has been like most people's experiences. You know, as you come up as a kid, you got people in your family line getting older, and uh, a lot of them, they don't know how to, they're not walking by faith themselves if they know God at all, and and they go through through difficult situations in the last part of their life, you know. Uh, I often refer to watching my grandfathers uh, die of cancer. Uh, on sick beds and screaming and yelling and tubes and sorrow and the fight of that and wasting away to bones. I mean, those, those are images that I will, I will never forget. And so you have questions. 
Don't you? If you're normal, you have questions about these things. But I tell you, I don't, I don't really have questions about it anymore. Amen. I have found, I have become rooted, Reverend Kamal, in the fact that the devil is bad and he's the one behind all sickness, all death, all pain, all tragedy. And that God came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And that somewhere in the middle there's me, there's us, and we have choices to make about what we're going to believe and who we're going to yield to. Hallelujah. So we have a, we're human, we have a lot of questions about a lot of things, but if we will walk by the Word, if we will be Word people, and dig into the Word, and study the Word, and come to, the, come to church interested, and paying attention, God will establish us. So that the wind of life and circumstances and even false doctrines and crazy ideas that blow through the body of Christ, they won't move you into the ditch of excess or error. Amen? And I tell you what, life is better rooted. Life is better when you're grounded. Amen. Praise God. And, uh, but one of the greatest forces, maybe the, Satan's dominant and uh, favorite device to uproot believers, to keep believers from being established in their faith, amen, is the device of fear. Satan can still controls many Christians through the device of fear. Amen. He's got the hook of fear in them, and all he has to do is, is work that, and he can get Christians, though he has lost them in eternity to God. Thank God for that. He still controls them on the earth through fear. Amen. We're, we're to be led by the Spirit, not to be pulled around and jerked around at Satan's whim because of fear. Amen. You might uh, join me over here in the Gospel of Luke, back to the left from where you are, and to Luke 21. Luke 21, and we're going to look at verse 25 and 26. And uh, in the booth, I'm looking for that in the Amplified Translation. Luke 21, 25 through 26. Now, you can find in really every gospel, Jesus, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John giving some accounts of signs of the end of the age, what life will look like, what will, what will we observe to let us know that we're at the end of the age and that we're very soon to the return of Jesus, amen? And so, but the, we get the most detail in Matthew 24, Luke 21, then Mark 13, and then a nugget or two in the Gospel of John. So here in Luke chapter 21, we have this Luke's recording of what Jesus said on this subject. And notice uh, these two specific verses, uh, and we'll pull something very important out here that's relevant for us today. He said, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, notice what he said, I'm reading from my King James first, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Now look at verse 26. might mark these, this phrase. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So in this last days, we see, listen to this from the Amplified, verse 25, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and upon the earth there will be distress, trouble, and anguish of nations, in bewilderment and perplexity. Notice how the Amplified, uh, it does exactly what 
why it's called the Amplified. It, it gives you a further definition of the Greek words that we translate into English. So there will be bewilderment, perplexity, without resources, left wanting, embarrassed, in doubt, not knowing which way to turn. At the roaring, the echo of the tossing of the sea, men swooning away or expiring with fear. That means dying with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. For the very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter. Amen. So if you read the whole of the account... Jesus described a planet, amen, that uh, is reeling with confusion and distress and pressure. Uh, A little earlier in this chapter, Jesus said one of the signs will be uh, epidemic, contagious pandemics and diseases that would strike the earth over and over again. And, uh, you know, it occurs to me you can see humanity right now longing and grasping, desperately trying to get things to go back to the way they were before March 2020. And uh, amen, even if we, medical science or whatever, we get past this wave, you just have to understand there's another birth pang, there's another event coming. When Jesus said, when these things begin, they're not going to stop. They're only going to keep going and intensify until they bring about the intended effect, which is the return of the Lord, the end of the age. You know, uh, a lady goes on and and eventually she she realizes, a wife realizes uh, something's going on inside me and she takes the test and gets that wonderful news, glory to God, that she's conceived and she's pregnant. Well, once that's confirmed, unless there's a tragedy, something that happens, when as nature takes its course, there's coming an event. Right? I mean, there is coming uh, a breakthrough. And so the child takes nine months to develop and to grow. And, and then the, the, one of the moments there is a no-turning-back moment, right, moms? I've been there for three of these. Amen. And that is when a, when a mom's water breaks, the, the baby's coming out. I mean, it's, I hope you didn't plan a vacation. I mean, it's just... There's, there's no delay. There's no, you know, I just wish we could go back to normal the way it was, you know, <laughs> night. no, no, amen. And believers, you just need to settle it. The birth pangs have been going on and the earth uh, has been experiencing labor and contractions for some time. And now we just see them, you know what happens with labor, right? They get, contractions get more intense and they happen more frequently. I'm just here to tell you, things are not going to go back to the way they were. And Jesus said that as we get closer, one of the signs, one of the things you see happening is people actually dying of fear. Now there's two really ways to to maybe interpret, and maybe I think both are true. Verse 26 Men's hearts failing them for fear. The Amplified says swooning, expiring in fear. That literally, they get so stressed out and fearful that they, their heart within their chest fails. They have a heart attack. The hypertension. And we know the physical effects on you know, stress and fear like that are real. 
So there could be some physical application to that too. But what about this? What if the reference to the heart there is the reference to men's spirits? That their spirit fails. Because instead of being established in faith, they neglected their faith. And now they're failing because of fear. Their heart is overtaken with fear. Well, I think we should guard against both of these issues. Amen. Praise God. And uh, notice what is causing this fear, this apprehension. The things they see coming on planet Earth. And don't you, if you paid attention, you could see some foreboding things, how fragile our life is, humanity is, how fragile the governments are right now, how strained the medical systems are, how strained the economies are, the the supply chains, right? I mean, uh, for I've been in multiple states trying to get uh, bacon egg bites at Starbucks, and you can't get them. And they said, we won't, we won't have egg bites. You might as well stop asking us about egg bites, Pastor Chris, because we're not going to have egg bites till next year. And then I go along and I say, well, can I have some sugar-free vanilla? No, you can't. No, we don't have sugar-free vanilla. We're not going to have sugar-free vanilla for I don't know when. This is an, a global company. So whether it's chips for your car or vanilla for your coffee. Right? We see cataclysm. I don't have to go through this whole thing. There's much cause out there. And Satan's plan against the body of Christ right now is to just flat paralyze and wear the body of Christ out with fear. Amen. Well, you and I are going to have to do something about that. You're going to have to take a bold, aggressive, conscious stand against fear in your life. And drive it out. Just flat drive it out. Amen. Go over to 1 Timothy. Part of what I want to do for the next few minutes is just read some scripture to you. Minister the word of God to you. The word of God has its life. It's got divine life in it. So it's not about you hearing a scripture you haven't heard. It's about letting the power in the force of the words be ministered to you. Right? Uh, from the heart of your pastor. Glory to God. First Timothy, Second Timothy, I'm sorry. Second Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. What has He given us? The spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind. A mind under the influence of fear is not sound. You know, if they said, well, why can't I get across to Cairo on the bridge? Well, because they've, it's not sound. They have to fix something. It's not sound. What does that mean? I don't want to be on that bridge. It's not, if it's not sound, it's not safe. Listen, if your mind isn't sound, it's not safe. It's not safe for you. It's not safe for those around you. That's why last week God had us talking about renewing our mind. Well, one of the components of a renewed mind is it's a mind that understands I'm not supposed to have anything to do with fear. Amen. You know, I don't want to have anything to do with Satan. 
I, I have to deal with him. I deal with his temptations and harassment and opposition against my life and ministry every day just like you do. But I don't want, I don't want him to have anything in me. I don't want have, and I don't want to have anything to do. I don't have any connections to him or with him. Well, listen, if I let him influence me with fear, then I'm connected to something. He, he's got something on me. Fear is of the devil. I said fear is of the devil. It's from the devil. It's of the devil. Amen. And uh, that's how you need to see it. It's fear is evil. Now, many Christians, God bless you, uh, are way, they're too accommodating with fear because they think fear's normal. And then they found people in their life that will pet them in their fear. Oh, honey. Oh, sweetie. As they whine and moan, guys and gals, about, oh, what are we going to do? Amen. Listen, fear is as devilish as murder. Yeah. And, uh, right, you could just, in, in all the very different forms of fear, they're all equally evil. Like being anxious. Like walking around with a sense of foreboding. How about dread? Have you ever felt dread? Come on, that's a form of fear. I dread being around that person. I, I dread having to do that. I dread this. I, I dread the future. Just this, this dark, ominous cloud of negativity about you. It's of the devil. You better run that off. Being agitated. Being disturbed. Being unsettled. Stop petting that. That's not okay. That's how the devil controls us. I'm on it tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and listen, I, we all have to deal with it. We're gonna, the Satan's going to make sure. Right here, Timothy, the Holy Ghost is on his spiritual father, Paul, writing him a letter saying, because Timothy needed to hear these words, Timothy, 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 God has not given you the spirit of fear. Amen. Thank God for a spiritual father. Timothy, remember what you're to flow in. You're to walk in the flow of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if Timothy had cause to fear, you know, he did. He, he was the pastor of the largest church in the world, and they were feeding, the Romans were feeding his congregation members to the lions for sport. Amen. Lest we think we're being, you know, grievously persecuted. I know the persecution we're experiencing as Christians today is uncomfortable and not fun, but it's not that. <laughs> Amen. And so Jesus warned his people back in Luke 21 about fear. He said, it's going to be one of the signs. It's going to be, so, it's going to be pervasive. It's going to be thick in the atmosphere. But that day, when he told us of these signs, he's talking about what you're going to see in the world. What we see in the world, though, is not supposed to be having its way in us and with us. Amen. We need to be reminded, God has given me the spirit of power. God has given me the spirit of His divine love. God has given me the spirit, amen, of a sound mind. 
I don't have to be afraid. I refuse to be afraid. I re- I'm not going to be afraid. Where, listen, wherever we have yield to fear, yielded to fear, we have yielded to the devil. Amen? Here's another thing I was thinking about today. Uh, if we're fearful, we're unusable. If you're fearful, you're unusable. To God. If you're unusable to God, you're unusable to your pastor. You're unusable in your helps ministry position. Oh, I can't come to church. I can't serve. There might be a virus floating around. See, I don't even know why we're having church. See, what is that? What's inspiring that demonic thought? See how the devil, let, let me, I'm going to control the church. I'm going to shut the church down. I'm going to make people so scared that they'll, I'm going to get pastors to shut their churches down. Right? And what we don't realize is the principle of fear and how it works. Job said in Job chapter 3, verse 25, Job 3, 25, he said, I feared a fear and the thing I feared has come upon me. I feared a fear, and the thing I feared has come upon you. That's what Job said. That's Job's personal testimony. People wonder, I just don't don't get it. I just don't understand. Job tells you exactly. He just tells you exactly. He said, I feared a fear, and the thing I feared has come upon me. So what came upon him, that tells you exactly what he feared. He feared losing his kids. He feared losing his wealth. He feared losing his health. And he lost all three. It's not like, well, if I'd have just not done this, or if I'd have just not done that. No, the thing he did was fear something, and that was the exact inroad that Satan used. To bring all that destruction into Job's life. If we are fearful, we are unusable. So 32,000, it's a little cool, ushers, for us. Uh, 32,000 soldiers gathered to fight the Midianites. And God had already declared, you know, I've given you into their hand because of your disobedience, but you called out to me in repentance, and now I'm going to restore you. I'm going to give you victory over the Midianites. And God looks down at this 32,000. He says, you've got too many. If you fight and you win, they're going to take the credit. So I've got to whittle this down. I've got to whittle this down. And Gideon just says, apparently, okay, what do you want me to do? And he says, tell everybody who's fearful to go home. They started with 32,000. So he said, hey, you guys, anybody fearful in the battle, you can go home. 22,000. 22,000 left. Notice God got the biggest chunk out of there, right? If you're fearful, you're not usable. I can't use you, God said. You might as well go home. You know, uh, I've watched enough historically accurate military stuff to know that when you get a guy on the front line that's got battle fatigue and they're not right in their mind, 
Now, there's a scene in Band of Brothers, you know, in the Battle of the Bulge, and the guy's just so out of it, I don't blame him, for all the bloodshed and all of the uh, arterial, you know, the, uh, what is that, the arterial bombardment, and all the trees exploding that they found him. You know, he, he claw, trying to claw, dig a hole, a foxhole with his fingernails, he, he, with his hands, and he had, he had pulled off, he had raked all of his nails off. You didn't even feel it. He said they got him out of there. Why? Because fear is contagious. It'll spread among the ranks. You've got to get that, a guy like that off the line. See, if we're fearful in the army of God, we're not usable. And God needs folks that are usable. I tell you what, you know, when Amber and I consider uh, bringing someone on staff in our ministry, we don't just look. Our primary thing is not the skill set that we're looking for. That's obvious. Do they bring any faith? Or are they a faith liability? You may have the best skill set of anybody in my, in my folder. Amen. But if you don't have any faith, I'm, I can train to skill. But if you don't have any faith to bring, you're going to hurt, not help, this ministry. Amen. And listen, your families right now, they need you to be useful. They need you to be a voice against fear, not a voice of fear in your home. Speak faith. Don't speak fear. Be established in your faith by expelling fear. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's see where we want to go. This is pretty good, I think. Hallelujah. Let's go over to John 14. John 14. Here's another one I know you probably know. <clears throat> right from the lips of the Master. John chapter 14. And we'll look at a couple of verses here in this chapter. Y'all getting anything? So, uh, John 14, verse 1. What did Jesus say? Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Well, that's in that wonderful, poetic King James way to say it. If I, you know, you could translate it very, don't let, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let your heart be anxious. Don't let your heart be unsettled. Don't let your heart be agitated, disturbed. Don't let your heart be filled with dread. Don't let your heart be worried. You know, Dr. Refrain, he would tell us over and over and over, he would say, a troubled heart is not a believing heart. A troubled heart is not a believing heart. Here's, here's a, something you need to know about fear and why it's so dangerous because you cannot if you're in fear you're not in faith you cannot be in faith and fear at the same time they don't run together it's a totally different flow well are you are you standing in faith i am you know i am i am dealing with a little fear but i'm in faith no 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 stop Stop, stop, stop. And really, the first thing you need to do, you know, like if you had a sickness show up in your body, 
Uh, let's say you tested positive for COVID, start having symptoms, whatever. Praise God, I believe you won't, but if you did, whatever. The devil attacked you. Don't, don't condi- be condemned or whatever. Number one, I would deal with the thought of fear. That's the first thing I would deal with. I would deal with the fear before I dealt with the sickness. With every attack will come an attack on your mind. So if he attacks your health, there will come an attack on your mind about that. If he attacks your marriage, there will be an attack on your mind that goes with that. If there's an attack on your finances, there will come an attack on your mind with that. And so you're going to have to fight. You fight the fight of faith on two fronts. You've got to push the fear out and then deal with what you're dealing with. You know, Pastor Dodie Osteen, uh, she's still on the planet today. She's outlived her husband. Uh, yeah, John, for, I mean, I'm just trying to think about how long. A lot of years, more than a decade. And, uh, but she was diagnosed a lot of years ago uh, with stage 4 liver cancer, I believe. And the doctor sent her, sewed her up and sent her home to die. Well, she just decided she wasn't going to let that be the last word. And she, she uh, had been neglecting building her faith. You know, it doesn't matter that you're a pastor's wife. You still have to build your faith. And so she started, she got after it, her and her husband. And uh, she really got into the scriptures and she fed her faith and she fed her faith. But really what I wanted to say about her testimony is she said, the hard, the biggest area of the fight I had was not with the cancer or symptoms. It was with the fear. She said, I had a far bigger fight over fear than I did the cancer itself. Don't try to deal with the thing and not deal with the fear. Because once you get the fear under your foot, the other comes easy. I said the other comes easy. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus told us, don't let our heart be troubled. Skip all the way down to verse 27. Verse 27 in the Amplified, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. What did he leave us? Peace. Peace. Peace I leave with you. What kind of peace? My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. It's almost like he said, I'm going to a place where there is nothing but peace. So I am leaving with you my peace that I walked in down here on the earth. Amen. The peace of God that I walked in, the peace of God that's going to get me through the cross. Amen. Nothing bothered him. He just faced every every situation in faith. But he never left peace. And he said, my peace... I now bequeath to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Then what did he say? He says it again. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them being afraid. I just love the Amplified. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Hey, listen, don't beat yourself up about this. You know what this takes? Practice. Practice. Lots and lots and lots of practice. 
And you know what's great about it? The devil in life is going to give you all opportunities galore to practice, 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 practice. One of the things Christians who aspire to live by faith, which we all should, need to learn, you need to learn how to take a hit. You need to learn how to take a punch. Jesus didn't say you're going to walk through life and not have any punches. You need, let me say it this way. You need to get used to and okay with the feel and the sound of something hitting your shield of faith. It didn't hit you. It just hit your shield of faith. What do I mean? A bad report. A negative circumstance arises. Amen. Something you didn't expect comes along. I love what Brother Hagin used to say. He said, oh yeah, about the time you think you're a big faith man. You got faith conquered. The devil will come along and knock your head where your feet were a few minutes before. And then we'll find out what kind of faith man you really are. About the time you think you're on top. Amen. Doesn't mean you're not on top. It just means that uh, we all <laughs> have higher to go. But see, people need to learn how to hear something and take it. I don't mean accept it, but I mean deal with it, process it, but not let it get in them. Let me say, what did you say? Okay. Well, give me, give me a minute about that. And, and we've got to learn not to... What do I mean by taking a punch? A lot of people, they, don't, they can't take a punch without falling into their emotions. <laughs> and they just, you know, they're gonna, that's where they go. They go to their emotions. Yeah. Or do they go to their, their, feel, their fear-dominated friends and, that will pet each other's fears? Oh, yes, you know, I heard some. Come on over, we'll have tea. I'll tell you my tale, too. Yeah. <laughs> and Satan knocks you out. Knocks you out of the race, knocks you out of the game, and it takes sometimes a long people a long time to recover. Sometimes they never recover. You need to learn how to hear a report, face a circumstance, have something come along, hear it, clink your shield of faith, but not let it get inside you. How do I do that? Don't go to your emotions, bite your tongue, amen, and train yourself. In every situation, in every circumstance, train yourself to ask yourself this question. What does the Word of God say about this? Train, did you get that? Don't forget that. In every situation, everything that comes up, train yourself. Ask yourself, what does the Word of God say about that? Amen. And you have to, you may, you may stumble back. You took a hit. You took a punch. But gather yourself. Amen. And let the Holy Ghost work with you. Check your insides. Amen. And if you have to go, you know, hold on. Just pop, whatever. I'm going to act like I did. What does, what does the Bible say about that? Because when you, when, a, when you get a report about a sickness and you go, what does the Bible say about that? 
The Bible says that I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. The Bible says that by his stripes I'm healed. The Bible says that he forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my... See, when you remember that, that's like going, I'm pulling that arrow and I'm loading... Uh Uh-uh, I know. It's like pulling... Okay, I heard... I heard, remember, it's a shield of faith. Bam! Something hit my shield of faith. What you do next is, oh, I'm going to draw my sword on that. The sword of the Spirit. But it's not the sword. It's the sword of the Spirit, not the sword of fear. Not the sword of doubt. Not the fear of worry. Not the sword of worry. Are you with me? Amen. You might write down these references. not going to have you... Turn to him in Luke twelve twenty nine. Uh, it's uh, Jesus. It's kind of the same as Matthew chapter six, and it says, "And you do not seek by meditating and reasoning what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink, nor be of an anxious, troubled, unsettled, worried mind." It also uses words: "Don't be of an excited." Or to have a mind that's in suspense. The flow of faith is rest. That's the flow of faith. The flow of faith is rest. The flow of faith is confidence. The flow of faith is uh, quietness. The flow of faith is peace. Amen. Now, I've dealt with situations this week in my personal life and as a pastor where I've had the opportunity to practice. Amen. To practice not leaving the flow of peace. See, I know because I have a pastor and she taught me well about when you leave peace, you've left faith. There's a lot of ways to tell whether or not you're in faith or not. And if you, if you can't say that the flow you're in is peace, then you can't say you're in faith. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And so I just you know, have to do what you have to do. And that is grab hold of my mind and turn my heart towards the Lord and let Him talk to me, let Him minister to me by the Spirit and by the Word so that I can stay anchored. You know, because listen, I have people counting on me. You have people counting on you. I have people counting on me. And the last thing they need is me freaking out with them. If you're fearful, you're not useful. I don't know why you would call someone to pray for you that's a fear monger. You're going <laughs> to, if they do pray, they're going to hurt you. I just like these words that the Amplified uses. Jesus said, Do not be of an anxious, troubled mind, unsettled, excited, worried, and in suspense. Concerning about money, in, in just a few verses later, Luke twelve thirty two, again in the Amplified, Jesus says, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom! Don't be struck with fear over rent. Be reminded it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. (laughs) 
Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You know, what, what this life right now on this planet calls for from, from you and me is that we live looking for fear. I mean, in a sense, I'm, I'm guarding against it. Fear's real subtle. It can work on you a number of different ways. You know, just start with a, well, I'm concerned. You know, and a lot of people, they, the, the kind of uh, fear that they they just pet and think is okay, is worry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Just worry. Just worried. I'm just so worried. So fearful, just worried. You know. You know, your kid could get sick if they wear a mask, and kid gets sick if they don't. It's just fear. It's just fear. I'm afraid if I don't take the vaccine, I'm going to get sick, and I'm afraid if I take the vaccine, I'm going to get sick. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's fear. I, well, I'm just afraid I'm going to lose my job. Well, Philippians 4.19 will still be there. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. And Brother Hagin gave us the, 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 the way to diagnose, am I worried about something? How do I know if I'm worried about something? If I'm thinking about it. If you're thinking about it, then you're worried about it. Amen. So we need to be, no, we need to understand that fear is very subtle and Satan is clever. And I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to guard against fear. I I refuse to to be afraid. I am not going to be afraid. Peace is my flow. Amen. Amen. And I'm, 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 I've got my guard up. I've got my guard up. Praise God. Because fear's of the devil and fear's dangerous. And I'm not going to be the next, I'm not going to be this week's Job. I'm not going to be this week's Job. I fear to fear and the thing I feared will come upon me. I don't know, I can tell you story after story about people for years that said, I'm just so afraid about getting older and losing my mind. And then when they got, they got older, they, they lost their mind. And then they had enough gall to say, see, I told you so. Right? That thing about Pastor Nancy, she said, she, you, you got to be around Pastor Osteen and Dodie some. And she heard that testimony. And she said, well, I wonder how that cancer got in on her in the first place. And then she said, as she heard her tell the testimony, she got her answer. She said, Pastor Doty said, I don't know how this came on me. I prayed against it every day for 10 years. You're not, you're never, where does it say you're supposed to pray against something? And why would you single out that one thing? Why would you? Because you're afraid of it. See, Satan is actually inspiring a lot of Christian prayers. What is in, what's behind your prayer? If fear is what's inspiring it, that's why it's not getting answered. God doesn't answer fear-inspired prayers. He, he answers faith-inspired prayers. Don't pray against a particular disease. 
believe for healing. Believe for what's promised. Is that not right? See how subtle that is? I don't understand. I prayed against it every day for 10 years. Well, why are you praying against it? Because you're afraid of it. And the very thing she prayed against came on her. Don't pray against your children having car accidents. You know, if you have church softball, I heard this one time, pray against, pastor came out and prayed against, before we played church softball. Oh, Father, I pray everybody, God, nobody will break a leg, and, you, and everybody won't break an arm, and then before long, everybody's got a broken leg and a broken arm, they're taking people to the hospital. Yeah. See, you, what, you're, you, what, what are you conscious of? You're conscious of the bad, conscious of the negative. Claim what belongs to you. Faith is positive. I'm redeemed from every sickness. I'm redeemed from every disease. I'm redeemed from every pain. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's close tonight. I've got to let you go. But uh, go over to, let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. You know, I, I'm so thankful for the light God has given us. Because we came into this moment with good teaching. Uh, that's not a pat on the back for me. I'm talking about the whole camp that we're in. And a, a lot of our brothers and sisters that are in other churches where COVID is just running rampant. And uh, people are dying. And churches have closed. Uh, don't, don't get mad at me if you're watching. Don't get mad at me. It's just an observation. In a lot of these churches I'm thinking about, what they have, what they, what's coming out of the pulpit is motivational, inspirational preaching. No teaching. Now, it's great to get hyped and it's great... Uh, that's a bad word. It's, we need to be inspired. We need preaching inspired. You know, we need to be inspired. We need to be moved. We need to be motivated. But if you leave here inspired and hyped and motivated, but you don't know what to do, you're still set up for defeat. And I just, amen. I know I'm a teacher. I'm bent towards teaching. Praise God. But amen, it's teaching brings light, light brings victory. <laughs> and a lot, if you're in a church, if you know somebody in a church and they don't have any teaching about faith and about redemption and about healing and about the danger of fear and how to live free from fear, then it's no wonder why the devil's having such success. But those of us that are in Places We have an advantage, but you still have to do what you've been taught. When fear attacks your mind in the night hours, in your waking moments, you're going to have to fight against it. You have to recognize fear, and then you have to resist it. Remember what Paul said to Timothy? God has not given you the spirit of fear. Therefore, fear is a spirit. If fear is a spirit, you can bind it and tell it to go. But you have to recognize it. 
in order to do that. Catch yourself. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why have I... I've spent all day thinking about this. Why? I'm worried about it. Father, I repent. I repent. I, I, I just close the door to worry. I ask you to forgive me. And then talk to that spirit of fear. And all you have to say is, in the name of Jesus, you spirit of fear, I bind you, be far from me, go in Jesus' name. Moms and dads, don't let your little one pet fear. Uh Uh-uh. No, if they think there's a boogeyman in the closet, you better kick the door open. See, ain't no boogeyman. Honey, the floor creaked. It's wood. It makes that sound. Right? Every house makes noises. You're not haunted. Don't call me. (laughs) Amen. And if you do got a dude in there, a demon in there, just get it out. All right, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers, Hebrews 2, 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself, he likewise took part of the same. He became flesh and blood. Why? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. And... Deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Praise God. I want to close tonight. Right there is the master fear. The master fear. The fear of all fears is what? The fear of death. Nobody's afraid of flying. They're afraid of crashing and dying. Isn't that right? Amen. People aren't afraid of driving at night. They're afraid of dying. The master fear, the fear of all fears, the fear that all other fears stem from is the fear of death. When Jesus went to the cross and when he confronted evil and Satan and death and the curse, he destroyed him. Amen. He removed from him all of his ability to hurt you in any way. Luke to Luke 10, 17. Amen. Hallelujah. He's delivered us from the fear of death. Listen, if you're really born again and you die tonight, it'd be your best day. You're going to wake up in, right on streets of gold. In a place where Satan has no access. A place of immense prosperity and peace and righteousness and power where you will live forever and ever in bliss. Uh, Right? We are coming back to earth with him, but he's going to fix it all up then too. I mean, you die tonight, your worst day is over. I mean, it is over. If you will not be afraid of death, why would you fear COVID or cancer or diabetes or a car wreck or a plane wreck or anything? 
or losing your house or losing your money. It all stems from the fear of death. And Jesus already tasted that fear of death for you. Don't be a slave to fear another day. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. The world needs to see you having faith in God. You could, if you just think right, what has happened now is an opportunity. When the medical science is stretched thin, when, all, when they're failing, they ought to be coming to us. Finally ought to give us some attention. But we have to be ready. If we're gonna, if, why would they turn to us if we're just as scared as them? I wouldn't turn to the church. The church from the world's perspective is weak, is corrupt, is powerless. That's not all of us, but the church's rep as a whole ain't good right now. How are you going to change that? Soul by soul, by soul by soul, congregation by congregation. Rise it up and say, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I'm going to have faith in God. And when you have faith in God, you're going to win. If you'll have faith in God, you'll win. And people will watch you win. They'll watch you win. And you'll have a voice. And you can use that voice to be a witness, be a light, be a source of hope. That's what God's called us to be. Amen. Amen. You can stand up, praise God. Are you mad? I want you to be mad at fear. I do. It's okay to leave mad tonight. Don't be mad at me or your brother and sister, but you be, be mad on the devil. Amen. Glory to God. No more fear. Say, no more fear. No more fear. Amen. I'm fear free. <laughs> I'm fear free. Hallelujah. You know, fear will keep you out, but fear of faith will bring you in. Reverend Joel, I, I read his book on fear. Fearless. It's in the bookstore. Thirty. You know, it's a devotional. Go get it. Amen. Fear kept the Israelites in the wilderness where they died. Faith was there to bring them in. Yeah. Amen. Faith will bring you in to healing, to victory, to peace, to joy. But fear will keep you out of everything good. Amen. I said fear will keep you out of everything good. Faith propels you forward. If you're not moving forward, it could be because you're afraid. Amen. Fear causes you to shrink. Fear causes you to stop. Fear stop causes you to back up. Fear will keep you in the boat, but faith will get you out on the water. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.